and welcome to the Life, Living It and Loving It podcast. I'm your host Gordon Doan and today we're going to be talking about false emotions. But before we jump into all that, let's get into our usual weekly update. So uh, this weekend um, we had some phenomenal weather here actually. So it was surprisingly warm on Sunday or today, this afternoon. Um, By the time you hear this on Thursday last weekend, uh, we had some phenomenal weather, so um, I walked, I went out for a long walk, so we walked just under eight miles, myself and Snow. Um, we used the uh, Ordnance Survey map to walk from my house to my brother's house, uh, which is quite cool, so uh, mostly managed to avoid roads. We had to cross a couple and walk a hundred yards along one, uh, but we managed to make most of the distance on foot without uh, being too much on the roads, which is pretty cool because I've run to my brothers a few times before, but I tend to run along the roads um, uh, when I'm not with snow. Uh, but it took snow this time, and we had a great walk. Saw quite a few hawks and things in the farmers' fields, which is uh, cool. Uh, passed a load of horses and, and cows, and it was just nice to spend some time in the outdoors. Uh, it's raining at the moment as record th- as I record this, so uh, I believe we're due for rain the whole week and a half um, in the, in the future. So um, by the time you hear this, it will probably be raining. So um, uh, starting to feel that autumnness coming through now, aren't we? So uh, the changeable weather uh, changes quite quickly, and um, the, the colder, shorter days as well. So we're starting to feel that. Uh, starting to get back into the habit of doing uh, by running and things so uh, no 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 uh, real problems there which is really nice so for everything's feeling good starting to get back into the habit swimming a few times a week uh, did a longer run this well I say a longer run a longer run than I have been doing it was only half an hour uh, which is a fraction of what I was doing previously uh, but we're slowly uh, working that upwards which is which is pretty cool and we've not had any ill effects so far so hopefully where you are you've had a great uh, week and you're looking forward excited for the weekend to come so let's jump into uh, today's podcast so the last few episodes we were talking about anxiety and stress and how to how to reduce that we're gonna kind of uh, move on to the next step you know we talked what about what anxiety is or what i believe anxiety is and it's around um uh, i believe that anxiety is created through the fear of the unknown so uh, today uh, the next natural step of this conversation feels like going into fear uh, and how that um, fear um, can be a false emotion and um, I think we're going to get into this a little bit and hopefully it's going to help a few people out and we've talked about this we've talked about fear on the podcast before um, we had an episode where we delved deeply into it we're going to recap that slightly and we're going to take a new look at it as well so um, f- uh, false False emotions, um, it's really interesting, I, I like that phrase, false emotions, um, and I think sometimes that we fall into the trap of believing our first emotion, so whenever we feel something, whatever it may be, whether it's fear, panic, stress, anxiety, love sometimes, uh, whatever those feelings may are, sometimes they're not real, they're just the first emotion that come to us, and we've kind of got to push through it. You know, you can get that with pain as well, you know, a lot of people talk to me about uh, when I'm doing my running, particularly when I was up uh, to quite some distances, you know, 30 miles plus, um, people were talking to me, oh, I can never do that, I feel pain, uh, and you know, but when you get into talking to people, especially people who are, are on the same path as as I was, so they're starting to build it up, you know, you talk about, or you reach a, a kind of a pain threshold or a, a barrier, a wall, if you like, um, you, you know, you hear a lot of runners talking about running through the wall, uh, and a lot of people hit that wall and then they stop because um, they've feel that emotion that pain or that um, tenseness that tightness in the muscles etc that tiredness if you will 
Um, so you feel that you hit the wall and then you give up. But a lot of people who push through that say, you know, it's quite exhilarating. Once you once you work through that, you get that what's called as a second wind. Uh, you know, you, you kind of feel re-energized, re-motivated because you've pushed back past a threshold. And you can actually, you can train your body to continuously do that. I mean, I wouldn't recommend going out and breaking through multiple um, thresholds once uh, you're going to injure yourself. So you've got to do it in a safe way and in a safe environment. But it's a really good example of that first emotion uh, being a false emotion. You, you feel as if you've reached your limit. You feel as if you can't go any further. But if you slowly and gently push past it in a safe way then you can quite often surprise yourself with how resilient you are and and how far you can push yourself into going um and i think we all need to get to that next level i think we all need to push ourselves to the next level whether it's in running or other areas of our lives i think it's a good metaphor for everywhere else in our life as well we come up against these emotions that aren't real. So, you know, maybe we're going for a job promotion at work or maybe we're just getting into a new relationship or or, or whatever it may be for, for you in your specific situation. But we reach that barrier where we think well, we can't go any further than this. Um, we're scared it won't possibly work for us. Um, I'm at my max. Um, but actually, in reality, if you put that fear aside and, and look at the facts, then there will be plenty of evidence that you can continue and keep going to the next level. Now, in the previous podcast we did on fear, we talked about how fear is an acronym or or, uh, whatever you call them, um, you know, false expectations appearing real. And I think that's a really great thing, uh, a a really great acronym um, for the word fear. I think um, I think that if we bear that in mind and we evaluate the evidence that's in front of us, then we can quite clearly see that what we first were afraid of or or presented us with fear or anxiety is not really an issue. Uh, A good example, and I'm going to use a real world example. I usually try and stay away from these because they're fairly political, but we're going to go with it this week. Uh, We're going to go crazy here. Uh, So, um, the the fuel shortages that we're experiencing, hoping hoping uh, hopefully they'll be resolved by the time we get to the podcast being released. Um, but the fuel shortages are a real good example of this for, of of this fear creating panic buying, um, which really is leading to um, a shortage of fuel. So um, you know everybody, all all the communications, all the media has has been presenting is the fact that. Um, And, you know, they've been really clear with this. There is no shortage of fuel, right? There's enough fuel in the country for everybody to have enough fuel. The shortage lies in or difficulty lies in getting it to the right places, right? So getting it from the refineries or from the ports, wherever it's stored, to the forecourt so that it can be sold to people, right? Um, So this fear that there's going to be a shortage of fuel has caused panic buying and created this environment where people think that there's going to be a a complete shortage of fuel and they won't be able to buy fuel. Um, And by succumbing to that fear, they've indeed created that shortage. So it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy in that way. So by by giving into the fear, we've caused what we were fearing to happen, uh, to to actually happen, right? So, uh, you know... Um, and the false expectation in that that case is that the there is not enough fuel for everybody, and you know you, we've all seen the pictures in the media over the last few days of people on the forecourts 
filling up massive jerry cans worth of fuel when they wouldn't normally do that that is not typical purchasing behavior you know i saw an article from one garage or it was an interview with a garage owner and they were saying we we usually go through i think it was 20 to 30,000 tons of fuel a week i might have the uh currency of the fuel wrong i'm sure it was in tons but i may get that wrong but they would they normally sold 20 to 30,000 tons a week and they had sold over a hundred thousand in 24 hours because of this panic buying and this fear that they were going to run out so how do we get over this fear and or how do we take control rein the fear in and take control back because sometimes it can lead to us doing these things that we don't mean to do and that we wouldn't necessarily have done if we'd have taken a moment to, to, to look at the facts. So the first thing we can do is, you know, and, and we've talked about this a whole lot on the podcast previously, is we can only control what we can control. So we can't control the national fuel stock levels as outside of majority of us are control, unless you're an oil executive, etc. For the rest of us, It's outside of our scope. It's outside of our control. There's nothing we can do about it. So why are we panicking about it? You know, why are we allowing that fear to to rule our lives? So currently I have zero petrol in my petrol tank of my car. I've got roughly enough to get me about six miles. So I went out uh, 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 instead of walking from uh, my house to my brother's. I was actually supposed to be going to the Brecon Beacons and doing some walking in the Brecon Beacons. But I went around 12 15 garages maybe in my local area and they were all closed they none of them had fuel so instead of letting it control my life instead of um, you know spiraling out of control and panicking i just came home before i ran out of fuel because that was the important thing because i had the dog in the car because we, we were on the way to uh, to do a long walk um so we came home and uh we we did a, a local walk instead so it didn't stop me doing what i was wanted yes it changed what i was doing but we can control our reactions to these things. So instead of panicking and worrying about it, you know, I've got places I need to be this week. I'll take the bus. It's not an issue. Um, you know, the buses are still fully stocked. City depots are still stocked. So I can I can manage my week. Anything that's further afield, I can rearrange uh, and do at a later date uh, when, when the issues have resolved itself. So by not letting into that panic, not allowing that anxiety to rule our life, that fear to rule our life, um, you know, because once we get into the fear, so the, the first fear, we kind of spiral out of control, right? So when we're talking about fear, those false expectations feel, uh, appearing real, the first thing is, we'll just run with this example that we're using this live example. Um, right, I, I, uh, there's going to be a shortage of petrol, so I won't be able to get to the petrol I need. So I won't be able to get to the store to get my food. I won't be able to get to work. I won't be able to go and visit my friends. I won't be able to do the school runs. And, and you start thinking about all these negative things and again all of these are false expectations appearing real so in the moment when you first think of them those seem all horrific things but actually when you when you tackle them one by one um you know they're not so scary and they're not real issues so for example i get majority of my food delivered anyway so i don't need to go to the stores and even if my delivery is affected i can walk around to my nearest tesco's it's not an issue um, you know, you might be able to get friends to help us out if needed. Uh, you know, can't get to work. Well, you know, we weren't able to get to work for a long period during COVID because of the lockdown. So a lot of us have came come up with solutions such as working from home, remote working, remote uh, working from slightly different locations to make it easier for ourselves. Um, not being able to get into the office. Can you use public transport like I just mentioned? Can you walk or, you know, if worse comes to the worse, 
I can run to a lot of my meeting destinations. So where I'm meeting clients, I could run to a lot of those places. Now, I may not necessarily want to run to a coaching session and turn up all sweaty and horrible, but it's a last resort as an option. If the client didn't want to do um, a, a virtual meeting, you know, a Zoom conference call or something like that, a Skype call, whatever, um, you know, I've got that as backup. Uh, collecting the kids from school, etc. Well, actually, could you cycle with them to school? Could you get um, a friend to help you out or a family member to help you out? All these things that initially appear or uh, uh, give you the feeling of that panic, that despair, that stress, that anxiety, that scaredness. You know, when you look at them in depth, they're, they're, they're oftentimes not real issues. And by analysing and breaking each of those uh, perceived issues down, you can identify what those real issues are for yourself. So maybe one of those things is going to be an absolute critical factor uh, and that you need to put some thought into how you're going to resolve that particular issue. But most of the other ones you'll be able to come up with um, a real solution for, a quick and easy solution for, and maybe there's one, and that's the one that you can put your worry into, that you could put that energy into resolving instead of creating these panicked behaviors um so it's almost taking control back from our emotions and taking an analytical approach to each of these issues uh, now i know we're talking about the fuel crisis or I, I i think that's a daft phrase anyway the fuel crisis and it's not a real crisis is it it's a manufactured crisis but uh you know we're talking about that as an example but this is exactly the same in any other area of your life so where you're scared of doing something you know people often say they're they're scared of um, starting new challenges whether that's setting up their own business whether it's going for that promotion at work uh, you know let's take one of those examples let's take going for a promotion at work you know you might be scared of failure scared scared of failure is one of the biggest blockers for individuals moving forward in their lives and to get to get into that next level uh, being scared of failure um, and, and sometimes we don't realize that that's what it is but when you break it down you look at the reasonings why you're nervous or why you don't want to do something it comes back to that nervousness that that being scared of failure and some of us we you know personally my, I myself personally I don't consider myself a scared person um, but sometimes our brains operate in irrational ways and sometimes when we allow those emotions to take over especially the first uh, emotions that we that we feel when we uh, when we're in a stressful situation or an unusual situation an unknown situation um you know we we can let them run away from us so um and, and you know we all have that from time to time the key is learning how to manage that get those emotions under control and take control back from those emotions because i think it's super important that we control our emotions and don't let our emotions control us because that's how we uh, get stuck uh, where we are in life and uh, like i said if you know maybe you're you're trying to get go for a promotion in, in, in where whatever your job is but you're nervous about what what will everybody think about me if i fail the promotion what will i think of myself if i fail the promotion you know whereas if you turn that around into positive half full cup half full language you know instead of being nervous around what you think of yourself or what other people think of you for me that's a learning opportunity so i get excited whenever i fail anything which which may seem strange and sound weird at first but i'm excited because all failure is is an opportunity to learn something new so um 
whenever I fail something, whether it's a test from an academic perspective, you know, I do a lot of learning um, and I like to keep upskilling myself. So that comes with a lot of tests that comes with um, exams, etc. Or, or whether it's other things, whether it's building relationships, whether it's uh, going for that promotion at work, whether it's um, learning a new skill. You know, when you fail something, if you ask for feedback and, and then take action on that feedback, you've successfully learned something and you're on your way to get into that next level. Whereas if you're constantly worried about the actual failure, um, then then that is going to create stress and, and you're not going to be able to live that life that you love because you're going to be worried about how others perceive you or, or how you perceive yourself, you know. Um, I, I often get told by my friends and family that I am my harshest critic. So I put so much pressure on myself more than anybody else puts on me uh, that sometimes that can hold me back and, it, and it's true. Um, so sometimes I get stressed, I get annoyed with myself because I've not got the result that I've wanted in a certain area of my life uh, or certain things. But then I've got to remind myself I take control back from those emotions and I've got to look at those failures as opportunities to learn new things. And I think once you start looking at them in that way, you become excited about failure. You know, when I've had people working for me in the past, you know, they, they often get confused when we do personal development reviews, etc. Uh, and equally with my coaching clients, sometimes they get confused when I say, right, what have you failed at this week? And they say, uh, nothing we've had a really great week it, it's uh, we've not really been failing anything we've had really positive stuff in this area uh, and you know I try I'm tr and my role as a coach is to try and push you to the next level right um, so I, I say okay so that probably means that we're not being innovative enough this week so we've not tried enough new things so have you pushed the boundaries in whatever it was trying whatever it was you were trying to do yes you were super positive in this area and you've got maybe you signed up some new clients but was your goal big enough uh, you know, and that's not to undermine the success that we've just had. You know, we really need to celebrate that success. That's really positive. And in some cases, maybe you did set stretching targets and, and you did try some innovative new things and, and you've just knocked those out of the park, which is phenomenal. But in most occasions, they've not been stretching goals or not been stretching as uh, stretching as they could be. Um, so we've left something on the table and we need to take everything we possibly can from life and and get the most from it and make sure that we're positioning ourselves for future success and if we're not innovating if we're not failing we're not learning and we're not moving forward so we can become stuck so it's easy to become stuck stuck in that rut so by by utilizing that fear and turning it on its head we are positioning ourselves for massive success um, uh, in the future. Um, and I think uh, if we take control of all of our emotions, whether that's fear, stress, anxiety, uh, and a whole host of well, any other emotion that you can name as well, if we control those. Now, when something happens, when something unknown happens to us, takes us out of our routine, such as the fuel crisis, the initial emotions will always be there you cannot and, and i wouldn't want to suppress those emotions in any way shape or form but once they've they've been there once you've kind of had chance to percolate those through the old mind um, and have a think about them we need to start breaking those emotions down why do i feel like that why do i think that and, and if we approach those emotions then with an analytic point of view we're going to see that actually nine times out of ten 
they are false expectations appearing real and that they we really do not need to worry about them so it's going to help us take control um you know I've recommended a number of times Jocko Willink's book about uh, it's called Extreme Ownership. Um, I've recommended that a number of times, and I, and I, I still recommend that to my clients because um, by taking ownership not only of our roles in life, so whether that's in, in your job, whether it's in your health and well-being area, whether it's about skills you're learning, whether it's being a, a, a father, a mother, a friend, uh, a sister, a brother, whatever it is, if you can take ownership of each of those aspects of your life, um, and that includes um, taking ownership of your emotions as well, um, then we really can get to that next level and we can live that life that we love. Um so hopefully that's helped some people. Hopefully we've kind of demystified that that feel, that feeling of fear. Uh, you know, sometimes it can be a real feeling deep down in the pit of your stomach, and that can be a really tough place to to come back from or shake that feeling. But once you take that analytical approach, uh, we're going to start taking control of our emotions again, and uh, instead of letting them take control of us. Um, and that's super, super exciting place to be in because it means we can stretch ourselves further and we can achieve even more than we ever thought possible. So, um, so like I say, hopefully that's helped a few people. Hopefully it's cleared up uh, a little bit about fear, how it links into that stress and anxiety, how some of our emotions um, are, uh, are false emotions. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, and this isn't something we've just talked about, but we'll get into it a little bit next time, is sometimes those initial feelings are correct and we need to take take heed of those um but what by doing that analysis we we find out which of those um are, are the real fears and which are the ones that we need to put some effort into resolving or, or working on or consciously ignoring them depending on how we want to approach a, a certain factor but we'll get into that a little bit more in the next episode thanks very much for listening and we'll see you guys next week <laughs>